Jen Shaw gets arrested, literally my first thought was, I wonder if Bravo cameras are rolling. There's police and they have handcuffs out. We're looking for Jen Shaw. I am innocent. If you can steal money from old people, you're pretty much the lowest of lows. The only thing I'm guilty of is being shaw amazing. I invested more than half of the savings I had for retirement. I gave them directly about $47,000. I probably spent about $44,000 on six credit cards. Nothing about Jen Shah is subtle. She even tried in text messages, ordinary text messages, to keep others quiet. A lot of times criminals speak in code. She didn't seem to observe any kind of safeguards like that. 30 or 40 counterfeit accessories were in that list, mixed with real. One counterfeit Chanel red quilted wallet with gold hardware labeled made in China. I guess her stuff is just like her, a fraud. I did not do any of those things. I'm innocent. I'm upset because my freedom is at question. I didn't do anything. Greed, lies, and betrayal. The legal saga surrounding Jen Shaw is coming to a finale. Thank you, thank you. Jen, what do you want to say to the family? Her storyline on Real Housewives of Salt Lake City revolved around her saying to everyone that she was innocent. I promise on my kids, on my husband, on my dad. I am innocent. How annoying that you just said all this innocent stuff for so long and you're really guilty. Like you wasted so much of my investment in you. It pissed me off. It's the first time we've seen a housewife accused of being the one who's running the fraud. They said that she was the puppeteer controlling everyone. She was the mastermind. The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City star's epic fall from grace has been watched by millions. This is my Jen Shaw is now headed to prison, convicted in a fraud scheme targeting our most vulnerable. Her secret scam now revealed. Yeah, you're coming up with another 10,000, but what is that 10,000 getting you? There's literally no way to fail. Everything was just like, wow, she's glamorous. She has this beautiful home. And then I started to see, okay, maybe she really is an awful person. And it's not a bad edit. I think. Jen Shaw's fans probably wondered how she got to live as great of a life as was portrayed. How'd you get so rich? Where'd you get all the money? And every time she was asked, she never really gave a straight answer. If I were prosecuting someone who had their own reality TV show, that's a gold mine. I was surprised to, to see so many text messages but also the government just spilled all the tea in listing out which purses were real and which purses were fake in Jen Shaw's forfeiture order. I don't think I'm a fan anymore. No. It feels almost like you're spitting in the victim's faces. Do you know who Jen Shaw is? I do now. For the first time, we are seeing and hearing from the victims who lost so much. I couldn't pay bills, I couldn't make my rent. Um, I really just couldn't do anything. This is not easy for me, this interview, everything going on, because I'm telling the world I was stupid enough 
to get caught in a scam. And I'm not a stupid person. There's so much I wish I could say to the public. Are you ready to tell us the real story now? If Jen Shaw were sitting here today, what would you say to her? What I've gathered from Jen Shaw is that she is never wrong in an argument. She knows everything and she's right about everything. That person makes for really great reality TV, but it, it doesn't work in the real world. Jen Shaw had it all. Beautiful, rich, and successful. The 49-year-old married mother of two was cast for The Real Housewives when the franchise expanded to Salt Lake City. She's married to a football coach who makes a nice living, no doubt, but not the kind of living or lifestyle that she was presenting on the reality television show. I had to work my ass off here in Utah. She just seemed to be this outrageous, over-the-top cartoon character. My marriage is up because of that night. This woman is brash and she is in your face, and she is that show. She's the reason to watch. I'm gonna be on what's right and what's hey, wrong. Hey, hey, listen. That's what I'm gonna do. Okay, wait. But Jen Shaw was completely polarizing. You either loved Jen Shaw or you did not like Jen Shaw. Would Jen Shaw have ended up on reality TV if it wasn't for the money gotten from a fraud scheme? I don't know. The changing nature of the drama is driving conversation on the premier Real Housewives breakdown show, Bitch Sesh, hosted by actresses Casey Wilson and Danielle Schneider. Like, I'm ready. It's a okay. true crime show. The genre has shifted. They saw the popularity oh, of podcasts. <laughs> the genre has shifted. Yeah. It's a true crime show. You're a smart woman. You have an opinion of what's right and what's wrong, right? I don't think that it was ever clear what Jen Shaw did on The Housewives. We knew that she lived a very big and very fabulous life. And I think that what she did for a living came to light was quite frankly when she was arrested. Jen Shaw always presented herself as a successful businesswoman, self-made, self-taught, running a telemarketing company. And that really wasn't what she was doing at all. What she was doing was running a scheme that was all around the country and was going on for years. We know that Jennifer Shaw paraded that luxurious lifestyle very prominently on The Real Housewives. Were investigators paying attention to that? Oh yeah, because every single thing that that person says is potentially used as an admission against them. I'm sure they combed through the show to find potential evidence that could be used against her. So I did submit some information that may have helped um, lead them in a direction to convict her in her federal trial. I don't feel safe still with her out in public or until she's actually behind bars. When fashion designer Koa Johnson joined the so-called Shaw Squad back during the tail end of filming for season one, it started off great, but it would not last. I would describe our relationship very close because it was a business relationship, but at the same time, personal relationship because I had to work so closely with her. When I first created a look for her based off of she wanted to portray what was being a very glamorous, strong, Polynesian woman, fierce, inviting, pretty much a badass. As her designer and stylist, Johnson had behind-the-scenes access to Shaw at home day-to-day, -day, even when the cameras stopped rolling. Jennifer Shaw is a very difficult person to get to do anything. 
She is self-sabotaging. She will stay at home all day, in bed, in her pajamas, or in the clothes that she's been wearing for like the past three days. Eventually, Johnson says he began seeing glimpses of what he called the Wicked Witch. How I handled it. No, not let it. Handle it. I think the time it began began to break was when she would throw things. <laughs> and this woman throwing a tantrum, it was like working with a 40-year-old child. Like every day, a call from her threatening, saying, I'm going to ruin you and your reputation. Just constant everyday torment. I'm not going to work with her for season two. Like this is... This is crazy. This is not worth it. This is, I, I, I know I'm, I'm better than this. Johnson says fans may have thought Shaw owned her jewels and furs, but he knew many were actually on loan. The jewelry and a lot of gaudy, chunky jewelry that you do see her in season two and reunion, those pieces are from a local jewelry store in Park City. On Instagram, Shaw thanking that store by posting photos of herself wearing the extravagant jewelry. She never bought anything. You have to have the luxury items on the show or there's nothing really interesting to watch. Jen Shaw sure presented herself as living this life of luxury, owning homes, and fancy cars, and it turns out, like a lot of the clothing she wore and jewelry she wore, it wasn't exactly as advertised. The house in Park City, Utah, she doesn't own, she rents. The Porsche that she drives, that's not hers. So everything was not quite as it seemed on TV. As viewers watched the excessive wealth on display every episode, they had no idea that federal investigators were already on Shaw's trail. Even before the show debuted, the feds had been arresting suspects connected to Shaw's telemarketing scheme. Unfortunately, I think our society loves to see that rise and fall. There's a little bit of of joy in the see nobody's that wealthy. A lot of damage is done before you get to a criminal prosecution, unfortunately. Today we were talking about Jen Shaw. It's been a busy day. So I'll break that down and then we'll look at what's going on with Brittany unless something else happens. So I'm Emily DeBaker. I'm an entertainment news legal analyst, former deputy district attorney in Los Angeles County. I've been covering a lot of housewives. Who knew housewives would have so many legal cases going on? There's an interesting microscope that's placed on you when you put yourself on reality TV. And we know going back to Teresa Judice and her court troubles and ultimately going to prison. It was definitely living in hell. And then you've got the wife of the lawyer, Erica Girardi on reality TV, and her being on reality TV has definitely come up in multiple civil lawsuits saying this was to fund a lavish lifestyle and this was funding this particular lifestyle. Jen's case is really interesting because it's the first time we've seen a housewife accused of being the one who's running the fraud. Real Housewives of Salt Lake City star Jen Shaw has been arrested. Authorities say she and her co-conspirators targeted and defrauded hundreds of victims. News starts breaking that Jen Shaw gets arrested. Literally my first thought, which is awful, was I wonder if Bravo cameras are rolling. Like Jen Shaw's been arrested, our camera's rolling. Oh my God, there's police and they have handcuffs out. Homeland Security. We're looking for Jen Shaw. She just left. I just found out in the press like everybody else did. It was shocking. I was blown away. I was like, wow, oh, like my wig blew off. <laughs> The arrest of Jen Shah was actually a reality moment. It appeared on, on camera. The, the feds moved in 
on her as she is being followed by Bravo television cameras for the show. We're executing a search warrant on the residence. I was getting my nails done. My initial reaction is I put my phone on speaker. We just looked at each other and we're just screaming like, what the heck just happened? Have you had any contact with your assistant? What do you say to your family? We left her two months before that. I couldn't imagine if I said yes and I stuck with her and then I would have been arrested or I would have had to witness the SWAT team coming in like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad that I trusted my intuition and I left when I did. Jennifer Shaw broadly was charged with being a leader in this business opportunity fraud scheme, this nationwide telemarketing fraud scheme. The whole purpose of the scheme is to take as much money as you can from the victims, bleed them dry, and then move on to the next. Shaw faced two charges, conspiracy to commit wire fraud and money laundering, with possible punishment of up to 30 years in prison. The evidence from receipts, emails, messages, and more. Specifically, the indictment says Shaw and her team had been targeting the elderly and vulnerable for years. Recordings from a Federal Trade Commission investigation into Shaw's network reveal how the telemarketers would pitch their products, promising guaranteed profits, not massive losses. The expected range of business revenue once the business is constructed is between three and 5,000 a month. That's the expected range. Now, certainly people have done more than that, but it's almost impossible to do less than that. Authorities laid out exactly how the scam worked in the ABC News Studios documentary, The Housewife and the Shaw Shocker. The allegations in this case were essentially a group of telemarketers uh, were calling up people and making misrepresentations in order to get their money. Here's how we understand what a typical scam is like. It's a big web of overlapping telemarketing companies that oftentimes work together to scam victims. It all might start innocently enough a potential victim. They might have clicked on an ad on Facebook. It seems like the triggering words for a typical ad would be work from home. The first thing you usually buy, under $100. You don't realize that your contact information is now fed into a list. And right away, the telemarketers have your name, they have your contact information, they even have your credit card information. They would pass um, what we call lead lists from one telemarketing floor to another. And these telemarketing companies offer all sorts of other services. They claim to help you build a website, to boost your social media profile, to market yourself. They'll offer coaching services. You're paying for all of this, and the calls never stop. They keep coming and coming, but they're just there to prime you for the next sale of something that doesn't exist. With financial crimes, you don't often see a ton of victims making statements or speaking to the media because there is a huge component of embarrassment. If you're looking at someone in their 60s, 70s, 80s, they don't want their kids to yell at them. Describe a typical victim of one of these schemes and how this impacts them. There isn't necessarily a typical victim, but very smart people also fall for schemes like this because the people who design them do it in such a way that even sophisticated investors can fall for it.
My name is Tricia. I'm 75 years old and I am retired and living here in North Carolina. These woods have been Trisha's much needed sanctuary for the last several years. She never thought she would talk about this publicly, being duped out of her life savings. No other victim of this scam has either. That's why she's wearing a mask today and doesn't want us to use her last name. I did feel shame. It is, this is not easy for me, this interview, everything going on, because I'm telling the world I was stupid enough to get caught in a scam. And I'm not a stupid person, but I, I did make a big mistake. Do I want to tell the world that? No, I really don't. But I don't want other people to have to go through that shame that I went through. Trisha says it started simply enough. So in this season of life, what made you want to start a business? In 2016, um, my daughter had just purchased this property. And I don't think she realized that it takes a lot of cash flow to maintain a property this size. I went online, did a web page, just a standard, normal web page. I was fairly decent in working with computers. What happened next? About three weeks later, I got a phone call saying, we noticed that you have a new website. Did a sales speech about all the perks. If I went with them, that they could teach me. And what did you settle on? How much were you paying for the services? I think it was about $12,000 for the first one. Over the course of several months, Trisha would finish a program, then immediately get a phone call to start a new one. The sales pitches were good, but full of empty promises. Most of it I already knew. They did create a web page for me, but it took them over a year to create that web page. So it seemed legitimate in the it beginning. It seemed very legitimate. When did you realize something seemed amiss? A gentleman called me, talked to me for 20 minutes, and they thought that was enough for the $4,000. That's when I really realized this is not good. How did this impact your financial life? I invested more than half of the savings I had for retirement. I gave them directly about $47,000. Did you ever consider coming forward, calling authorities? Uh, I did, but I didn't know how to report it, to be honest with you. What was your reaction when the FTC contacted you and said you may have fallen victim to a scam that they were investigating? I mean, I was chill shocked, but it turned out to be true. It's Trisha's story and others like hers that would help bring down Jen Shaw's network. The FTC also found 44-year-old Molly McLaughlin from Iowa. I probably spent about $44,000 on six credit cards. All, of course, went into bankruptcy because, of course, I couldn't afford to pay that. And then there was Ralph Halleck, a World War II veteran. After losing more than $100,000, he died by suicide at age 92. His family tells Impact they believe this scam contributed to his death. Prosecutors say 
there could be thousands of victims like them. Jen was defiant when she was arrested. She stuck with the, it wasn't me. It wasn't me. Justice for Jen Shaw. I'm being unfairly targeted. And she stuck with that till the very last minute. What I have been accused of is absolutely the complete opposite of anything I would ever do in my life. If I have any fault, it is because I am too giving and I helped too many people. I'm still surprised, A, that Jen Shaw stayed on the show after her arrest. Because of course, that's the thing that people wanna hear about, and it's the thing that you probably shouldn't talk about. You need to take some accountability because- So the brash personality that made her such a great reality TV character was part of her undoing. The only thing I'm guilty of is being Shaw amazing. On the show, Shaw often worked alongside Stuart Smith. I feed you while you work, while you make me money, I feed you. Stuart Smith was Jen Shaw's right-hand assistant on the show. We saw Stuart driving her around, uh, carrying her purse. But investigators say Smith was not Shaw's assistant, but rather her partner in crime. He was indicted on the same day as Shaw. Have you um, heard anything about, because well, I can't, we can't talk to him, I can't talk to well, him. Well, he has an attorney, so we have to talk to his attorney. If he decides to take a deal, then he may try to testify against you. He, in a way, brought her down. And we know that it was after Stuart Smith decided to cooperate with the feds and, and plead guilty himself and start singing about what Jen Shaw had been doing. That's when Jen Shaw knew the game was up. Her storyline on Real Housewives of Salt Lake City season three really revolved around her saying over and over again to everyone that she was innocent, that Stuart was setting her up. I would not be in this thing at all if it wasn't for Stuart. Stuart played me. The way you break down a criminal organization is you start with the little guys and you flip them. So the government had listed tiers one through four of culpability or who's most responsible. Is it the person who's just reading a script and on the phones or is it the person orchestrating the fraud. When Jen Shaw's group of defendants got arrested, they added a tier A because they needed a level that was more responsible than the tier one defendants. And so tier A was their most responsible, most culpable. And Jen Shaw and Stuart Smith were in that tier. In court, when Jen Shaw's attorney tried to distance her from the scheme, saying that she never met any of her victims, the judge interjected and said, well, that's because she was too high up in the scheme to bother to deal with any of the actual people. That's the level where Jen Shaw was operating. Was Jennifer Shaw considered the biggest fish in this entire scheme? That's what the government said, and that's what the evidence appeared to show to me. By mid-2022, Jen Shaw was deep in trial prep. Don't hit me. And filming for season three of Real Housewives. Just days ahead of the July court date, Bravo cameras were with her in New York. What do you have going on today? What's up today? So we have to go to Priya's office just to touch base, go over strategy, and meet before the pretrial hearing. Then, right as the trial is about to begin, the woman with the lavish lifestyle may have to leave it all behind for a life behind bars. 
a bombshell announcement. Real Housewives of Salt Lake City star Jen Shaw pleads guilty in her federal fraud case. When it comes to older people, I am not as forgiving. I'm just not, because that's low-hanging yeah. fruit. I was absolutely stunned that she pled guilty. And I think Jen Shaw believed herself. She wasn't right, but I think she believed herself. And then she turns around and walks into court and is like, Your Honor, I'm pleading guilty. I was like, you're doing what? They probably laid out a case that was so strong, and the time and the sentencing was so scary that she thought, I will take the lesser of whatever thing is coming towards me. I was disappointed that I didn't get a trial, that's for sure. <laughs> she waited till the bitter end, you know, <laughs> I don't know what to say. One of the things that's required when you plead guilty in federal court is you have to explain to the judge what it is that you did. So the judge can determine whether you're sincere and whether you really understood what you did was a crime. If you can steal money from old people, you're pretty much the lowest of lows. After pleading guilty, we finally got to see the trove of evidence against Shaw, and there was a lot. In the evidence that we got from the case, I was surprised to, to see so many text messages about Jen's awareness of what was going on. What stood out to you most? A lot of times criminals speak in code when they're trying to hide what they're doing. I used to prosecute a lot of drug organizations and nobody was ever talking about cocaine or crack on the phone. They would use code words. Same for fraud operations. She didn't seem to observe any kind of safeguards like that. I think she thought that she was just above being caught. Nothing about Jen Shah is subtle, but it appeared she knew what was going on. And she even tried in text messages, ordinary text messages, to keep others quiet or instruct them as to what to say should investigators come calling. Also in those messages, Shaw and her co-conspirators, including Stuart Smith, talk about ways to keep customers hooked and spending more money. The government saying she often joked about the victim's suffering and her employees' ability to victimize them. This message from one employee to Shaw involved processing a payment from a sick 85-year-old. In another series of messages, Jen and her team discuss a client. They are trying to charge $10,000, telling one employee to do whatever it takes to close the deal. The government also has messages between Shaw and Smith where she instructed him to lie to FTC investigators. She even waited outside the building in a car across the street. As Jen Shaw begins to realize that the federal prosecutors are closing in, she takes steps to try and, and conceal the criminal conduct. She discusses moving operations to Wyoming because she says the state's laws would be more permissible for her. She talks about moving assets overseas to, to Kosovo, where they could be concealed from American authorities. So even as she's proclaiming her innocence on television, behind the scenes, prosecutors said she was working to conceal what she knew to be her guilt. Thank you.
Authorities also showed off what Shaw was buying with all that stolen money. So the government filed a document with the court showing all of the things they took from Jen Shaw's residence, and they listed out everything. She had handbags and watches and clothing items. She had a lot of Gucci, and she had a lot of Balenciaga, and she had all the luxury brands. A lot of them real, a lot of them fake. 30 or 40 counterfeit accessories mixed with real. But yeah, that was pretty shocking. One counterfeit, quote, Louis Vuitton, end quote, monogram canvas leather tote, one counterfeit, quote, Louis Vuitton Felici pouch monogram canvas. One counterfeit Chanel red quilted wallet with gold hardware labeled made in China. Um, and then they start listing which ones were labeled made in China just to drive the point home. I guess her stuff is just like her, a fraud. We know that prosecutors found a receipt for a spending spree, Gucci, 27 thousand dollars on Fifth Avenue in New York. Mm -hmm. When you hear that, what's your reaction? <laughs> she had knockoffs of the great designers. She was stealing from them. That's the same thing. She is what she is. For years, Trisha didn't have any idea who was behind the scam that stole her retirement money. Do you know who Jen Shaw is? I do now. Um, Three months ago, I did not know who Jen Shaw was. Had you ever watched The Real Housewives? No, I am not a TV person. I work all the time. <laughs> it wasn't until months after Shaw pled guilty that Trisha found out a Real Housewives star was linked to her case. She was one of several victims who sent impact statements to the judge ahead of Shaw's sentencing. Most people in Trisha's life have no idea this happened to her. Not even her family knows just how bad it got. How has the combination of this situation, this financial situation, and your health issues impacted you? I am just recovering from being in deep depression. Uh, and I'm gonna cry. You get to the point where there is no way out. That started when I was diagnosed with congestive heart failure. I saw my mother and my brother both die that way. It's not a pleasant death. So I don't have the money to take care of myself. You have said that you are on a mission. I am on a mission. Anyone that we can stop is a gift to the families. Nearly two years after her arrest, more than 10 years after the fraud began, Jen Shaw arrived at the courthouse in New York City to learn her fate, the punishment for her crimes. How you doing? How you doing? Excuse me. Thank you. Thank you. She only could sit with her lawyers. Her husband, coach, and the two sons were seated in the front row of the spectators gallery. Prosecutors wanted her to serve 10 years. She asked for no more than three. But when he said the number, six and a half years in federal prison, I think that really sunk in. Jensha didn't seem to betray any particular emotion, but that's more than double what she had asked for. And there's no parole in the federal system, so she's going to serve all that time. 
shocked she only got six and a half years. Yeah, she should have gotten more. I agree with a lot of the fans that said it wasn't enough time. She didn't show remorse. I feel so conflicted about that sentencing because I wonder if Jen Shaw wasn't a housewife, if she would have gotten 14 years. And then sometimes I wonder if she wasn't a housewife, if things would have gone that far at all. I don't know the answer to that one. The defense requested that she serve her time at a prison camp in Bryan, Texas. This is the same minimum security prison where Elizabeth Holmes of Theranos infamy wants to serve her federal prison time. For a federal prison, it's not as bad as it could be, but it's federal prison. I think it's going to be a very big departure from the life Jen Shaw is used to. <laughs> not being able to choose what to wear, when to go to sleep, when to wake up. You know, you're not getting routine uh, facials or fillers or hair dye, any of it. It's going to be a very different life, and I don't know if Jen is mentally prepared for that shift. Can we have a comment for the people? Jen Shaw will report to a federal prison on February 17th. And the judge wanted to know whether she was planning to profit somehow from being a criminal. And he warned her against that. She's on the hook for more than $6 million in restitution that she needs to pay to these victims. And the judge wanted to make sure that she understood that's going to have to start as soon as she leaves prison. As part of her statement to the court, Jen Shaw said this. I want to apologize to all of the victims and families, and I take full responsibility for the harm I caused and will pay full restitution to all of the victims. I recognize some of you lost hundreds and others lost thousands, and I promise to repay. Trisha doesn't think she will ever see that money. At her sentencing hearing, Jen Shaw said if she could, she would call every single victim and talk to them. Would you take that call? Yes. What would you say? I would listen. She deserves the respect to listen. But I would also be frank, and I'd hope she'd listen to me. Shaw's conviction has thrown her future and the future of the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City into uncertain territory. Well, there is no show without Jen Shaw. told me! Even the cast members have expressed that they're not sure if Real Housewives of Salt Lake City will continue without Jen. The show is really built around Jen Shaw. Does she have a place back in reality TV ever? Jen, Jen's personality is just so large and it is the kind of personality that belongs on reality TV. I do think that there's a producer out there that will welcome her with open arms when she comes out. There's somebody who's going to want to tell that story. And there's gonna be an audience that's gonna to wanna to watch it. 